Hey, everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Sitting here in the studio today with Glenn Watts from the Camera Tool. He's also a lieutenant in Norwich Fire Department in Norwich, Connecticut. Yep. And he's going to kind of go over a little bit today with us the uh, the tool that he that he designed and how he came up with the idea, the concepts, and just a little bit about him. So, Glenn, like, kind of take it away. What, hey, where are you from? Um, what do you got? I actually just moved to Hebron, Connecticut as of last year, um, but I spent most of my time in Manchester. Uh, Manchester and uh, North Connecticut were instrumental in supporting this tool in its infancy of uh, just trying to go through demos and trying to find out what the tool could do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been a career firefighter for 15 years now with Norwich, and I was a volunteer for four years before that in Vernon, Connecticut. That's where I got my start. Um, but in the last, I'd say now, I guess we're coming up on nine years now, the tool has been kind of developed in the first few years, around 2010. Uh, I applied for a patent in 2011 and was granted the patent in, in 2014. Started the business in 2015, and we're just uh, slowly chugging along. Um, my time is, is obviously uh, spent between the career fire service. Uh, I teach part-time at the Connecticut Fire Academy as well. I have a young family with two boys and a wife. So um, as most most firemen are, we've got many jobs and spread thin. So Tons of, tons of free time, right? Yeah, tons of free time. So, But I can't help myself, so I keep... Uh, going into more and more stuff. So this tool kind of became a small business in 2015. So yeah, where, where did the tool kind of come from? Because I, I, I remember and how I found you was we were talking about forceful entry in the firehouse and one of our firefighters, Ryan Keefe, was like, oh, I've got this tool. It's the kind of the same thing you're talking about. And like, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Where is this? And he's like, oh, I found it online. Mm-hmm. So like, where did you get the idea for this? So pretty much everybody as a new firefighter, their senior guy or senior officer says, have a screwdriver or some type of tool. And then they show you all different ways you could use these tools on the fire ground. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as a new firefighter in Norwich and stuff, a couple of lieutenants had flat-bladed screwdrivers. A couple of people had putty knives and they were trying to mess with the doors to jimmy them open if they didn't have Knox box keys or if it was a multifamily. I mean, Norwich, Connecticut is a, an older mill city. There's row frames, triple deckers, you know, multifamilies have been diced up. So uh, you can imagine that a lot of the doors that are put in these apartments and stuff are many generations of, of uh, apartment doors. So either the homeowner, the landlord or something puts them up there. They're not perfectly sized to the frame, mm-hmm. nor is the lock of good, secure quality. So with those two things, most firemen can manipulate the door and get through them with no problem. Okay. So uh, again, those two tools were screwdriver and a, and a putty knife. Mm-hmm. So um, we go to these places over and over for medical calls or even fire alarms, and uh, you're waiting around for a key holder or you're blowing out a door. Or if it's a lift assist or something, you don't want to mess the door up. You're trying to find alternate ways, either going through a window or trying to finesse the door open. Right. So with Customer that, service end of things, we don't want to be destroying property. We don't have to destroy property. Absolutely. But yeah. most of the time, I mean, I think everyone's been on the job where someone's jamming a screwdriver in there and you're mucking up the, the wooden trim or you're totally messing up the latch. Or let's say it's a repeat offender type of, of house that you go to all the time. That door lock is pretty mucked up. Yeah. And it doesn't really work. So the tools that we're using, we're only making the lock worse and worse at, at the more times we go there. So looking at the anatomy of the lock, you know, I was just kind of figuring out, like, what, how can you pry leverage and move this lock? And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, in order to get an outward swinging door, 
you have to get to the bevel portion on the back side. So how do you do that? You can't because you're, you're, you're looking at the door latch right now on this outward swinging. I'm looking at a flat section and an anti-loitering pin right here. Right. So those types of things, you know, people get a pocket knife in there and a screwdriver. They're trying to monkey with them. And every time it slips off, the lock re-engages and you're like, mother, you know, so, yeah. and you're tipped. And then people are like, all right, so what's the status? We're getting in this door, boys. And then everyone's like, well, give me another minute. And then everyone's trying to sit there, screw with it. So I'm looking at it. What do you need to do to overcome this door lock? So I'm thinking like, all right, I need to get to the backside. Now, how much space do I have to play with from that latch to the back of the door jam? And I'm like, you, you don't have much. Right. But then I'm like, all right, well, you got a solid backstop or a rabbit or doorstop there that you can push off. of. So what if I rotate the tool off the back of the door jam? And I'm like, all right, this, this is working. So I made my own tool, um, crafted it off of a grinding wheel. And um, I mean, most people are creative enough to figure out what, what they need to do and they make their own stuff. And then when my handmade tool was starting to work really well, guys were like, Hey, make me one. So I'm like, Hey, this is, this is going pretty good. And how, I was going how many tools do you make for other brothers and sisters in a job before you were like, I have something here. Uh, probably two or three. And okay. uh, at that point um, I got on the, on the page of, all right, how do I protect this? Cause I, I yeah. think this is really working out for me. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people proud of me because sometimes I need a little bit of, uh, motivation. They're like, dude, you should really, really go after this. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. So about that time I was, um, with our second child and my wife and I are trying to do, uh, our wills. Mm -hmm. So we met with an attorney. I'm like, Hey, listen, uh, on the side note, after we get this stuff done, how do we go about getting an application for a patent and stuff? What do I do? What do I need to do? So she recommended going through, um, the state school system. So, I mean, I was a graduate of UConn. And she said, go through UConn Law, see if they'll do something for you. So I called up application process, long, lengthy mm -hmm. application yeah. process. They took me on as a client. So they did all my legal fees for me and stuff and worked with me on the narrative to protect the invention. So, um, you know. I, and I think just to point that out, because there's a lot of people listening out there, and for anybody that's a, a firefighter coming up with a tool, it's a resource that's available to us that not a lot of people Correct. understand. Like I know the New Paltz uh, School of Business, yep. they'll take businesses on and help them, um, you know, they like so you apply for it and then they'll help you plan your business. I mean, it's actually a class project for the students to it's, learn. It's so. huge because those grad students get the education because they need subject matter. Yeah. And the clientele will get a benefit of it too, because uh, their whole incentive for school of law or, or intellectual property law, like for, for patents and stuff, they want to keep manufacturing and stuff within the state. So it helps the state school, helps the students, it helps yeah. the people. Especially, I mean, let's be realistic. Most firefighters have two jobs. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're busy people that they like stuff. So they are busy people because they're paying for bills and they don't necessarily have many thousands of dollars to drop on an invention or to seek out something. Everyone's got that, hey, I wonder if, and then they get defeated realizing that it's either already been created or it's going to take a shit ton of money to to get to that stage, so they drop. It. Yeah, you know. So this was. There have been so many people that have helped me along the way. I can't even begin to describe. But I mean, with with UConn Law helping me out with the whole patent application to um, a friend of a friend that introduced me to a machine shop to start the first um, couple iterations of this. Yeah. To get to then to the Norwich Fire Department and the Manchester Fire Department. Um, a town I lived in, a town I worked in, knew a bunch of guys there, and they, they were nice enough and kind enough to support uh, purchasing the 
the stock that I had of the prototypes, mm-hmm. because as you can imagine, the, the patent process is a pain in the ass and the government, you know, that they sit on things, they're backlogged for two and a half to three years. So in that process, there, it got spit back to me that there was something similar out there, which was, it was like a crash axe, nothing completely remotely similar to this. Yeah. But because the wording of the patents, the government didn't like it, so they rejected it. But they, they give you another year to reapply. Mm-hmm. Of course, they, they nab you for more money for sure. application sure. process. So I had a <laughs> I had to come up with like a thousand dollars for an application, and I the only thing I could do was sell the, the prototypes I had to continue the, the whole process because I already had it you know in the in the flow of, of patents. So again, the Norse uh, Norse guys and and a friend of mine out of Manchester sold. I think we sold about maybe 60, 70 tools. And I was able to generate enough revenue to, to submit the next application. And then about a year and a half after that, I got awarded. I got a phone call and said, hey, listen, you're, you're from the attorneys. They said they were going to award you the patent. I was pumped. I was, and I think it was pretty cool that you had like the Brotherhood of the Fire Department helping you out. Yeah. I mean, we, we jokingly say, like, we have this was saying from one of uh, Jeremy's friends that, you know, Solid Brothers doing Solid Brother things. Like, it's a, it's a pretty solid thing. For people to do is get out there and help you with this uh, project, especially you know not expecting anything in return from it, you know, other than knowing that you have a good tool and it's going to help save lives. So I think that's kind of that was awesome. Cool. Yeah, I got a bunch of people to thank for that. Um, and just as it's, as it's been going, I I have been one of the luckiest people in terms that um, throughout the course of life, obviously the firefighter community and networking with friends is has opened up doors, but it's, it seems like my career, like life path has dropped me into a certain event where I've met or, or networked with somebody who was able to open up another door. Yeah. was able to just, you know, point me in the right direction, give me um, some type of guidance. And I, again, it's, it's been, it's been fun. What are, what are some, like, have you gotten feedback from users of your tool? And then like, Hey, we had a real, like, have you gotten the feedback of the success stories of people using the tool? I have had amazing feedback. I started a obviously a camera tool Facebook uh, site, mm-hmm. and again, guys are using it, and it, it comes back with favorable reviews. Guys are using it for you know lockouts or or a fire alarm when they don't have Knox box keys and stuff like that. Even medical emergencies where there's um, like a life you know, lift assist or something. Like yeah. That. So I mean, it's all been favorable. Um, I'm very happy and pleased that the, the tool has done so well in, in such a short time. Awesome. Yeah. I actually have some more of those connections. So um, in 2015, I was uh, I was enrolled in one of the state programs for a, a class or so. And again, um, thinking about getting the business up and running, having received the patent about six months prior. So now we're in the spring of 15. The guys in the class that I was taking, I think it was a fire officer one, two program or something like that. They were all interested that I wanted to start the business and like, Hey, listen, we want tools. So for that class, I think I sold about 20 of them. And then, um, again, I have the Connecticut fire Academy to thank, um, being affiliated with them since 2008, they do a summer, uh, June school, they call it. So the first week of June collection of classes and stuff and hands-on training, um, they have like a vendor or two that would, would show up and they're, they're always looking for new people. So they offered up uh, an option for me to come up there and showcase the tool. And, and that was a hot commodity. I mean, I was getting guys on, on breaks in between classes. They were like, I showed them my video, showed them the tool. I don't believe I had the door prop at the time, but um, a couple short videos of, you know, showing them how to use it in the field. 
instantly hooked. Guys were buying left and right. And then uh, a vendor that was sitting inside me shipping his fire equipment out of Connecticut. They're out of Waterford. Um, made some headway with them. They were interested in, I ended up talking to their marketing manager. Um, awesome guy, solid guy. He's like, hey, listen, um, we might be interested in, in helping you along. It would, you know, mutually beneficial. Yeah. So um, we started talking and for a period of two months and stuff, they were able to um, promote the tool and and try to get some some traction with that, which was huge. Yeah. Um, we ended up going in together with a, a I don't know if it was a half page or full page um, article in uh, first responder newsletter for the for New England mm-hmm. for and this was um, like a month or two before the New England Fire Chief Show. So just that article alone and being affiliated with this company as a brand new startup, you know, it was, was huge. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to New England Chief Show, um, paired up with a friend of a friend. And again, hot commodity, guys were digging it, buying them left and right. And then the feedback started coming in after that from the field saying. Yeah, I remember you saying that you could get get into buildings faster than the Knox box keys. Yeah. And like, you know, we're both lieutenants. So like that Knox box keys are always something that I have to pull out of the rig. Yeah. And I just, I, I thought about that because I know we have, like we you know, the one guy who actually uses this tool, it's probably what he's using. Because yeah. all of a sudden Ryan will jump off the rig and I'll, I'll watch my squirrel run and all of a sudden he's in the building. I'm like, I don't even have the keys out of the, the, yep. the Knox box yet. And he's already like, hey, come on, let's go inside. Exactly. Um, so, so, I mean, like yeah. you're, you're the first responding officer to the scene. You're going to get the Knox box key. And if the keys are up to date, now you're the only set of keys in the building. And all your mutual, you know, either your second, third due or even your mutual aid companies come into a complex or a scene, they don't have keys. So yeah. now you got to, you know, obviously chalk the doors and stuff like that, but you have to essentially follow this guy around the building with the only set of keys to go clear rooms for alarms, to go to secure yeah. the utilities and the whatever. And so now this tool, I mean, it's not an end all be all, but damn, it will get through a lot of doors. Yeah. And, I, I uh, think of our apartment, one, one apartment complex, we have the, uh, the one building, the alarm panels down in the basement to do mm-hmm. the reset and, and the silence and everything. But you have one, one key going upstairs to the, Apartment, you want to send somebody down with a panel, yeah. Um, and you know, especially when you have people meeting other, that's food on the stove, and you're still going in the check anyway. But it's just that routine. It's a, it's a night. You know, most guys are carrying like they like said, putty knives, screwdrivers, shove knives. They've tried to modify, and they're just not having the same effect. Yeah. as you know what you have here. Yeah, I mean, it works really well. And the other thing is, like, if let's say you're at one of those complexes and they have a, a dedicated key holder. You know, we've all been in those calls at 2 a.m. and it's like, oh, half an hour, dispatch is telling you, half an hour to 45 minutes for a key holder. And you, you may free up some units, but you still got a, a crew dedicated to babysit that call. Yeah. You know, if it's a BS call, I mean, you could take care of this, manipulate, do what you need to do, and then get back on the road ready for the next call. Well, and one of the other avenues of a tool that I think that's not looked into, like not just in, in your tool specifically, but just in forcible entry is uh, like EMS and police. Like we, you know, we talked a little bit before, you know, we just did a forcible entry class for um, some of the members of the sheriff's office and the FBI who were, uh, you know, they need to get into some buildings to do some nefarious people doing some nefarious stuff. And they're going to, you know, so I'm happy to say that I've yeah. been contacted by numerous police departments and sheriff departments uh, throughout the Eastern seaboard, uh, a friend and a connection of mine um, bought some for the, I believe, the Eastern and Western um, t- uh, ESU teams, I guess, for the state police, yeah. so the Connecticut State Police. So um, they've seen it and used it. Um, I'm still waiting to hear some feedback from it. But uh, for silent entry and, and going through some, and here's the other thing. I was able to, while 
meeting that person to to show him the tool. Um, he involved the, the drug enforcement and the narcotics division because um, not only is this tool awesome for picking door locks, there's other features on the tool. Um, there's a seatbelt cutter. Um, there's an oxygen valve for EMS, which we can talk about too. But this, the beak on this lockpick tool is great for removing the trim panels of your cars. So obviously we use it to peek and pry for airbags and, right, and yeah. high-pressure airbags and lines and stuff like that. And then seatbelt to possibly quickly remove somebody. But I, t- I showed the narcotics uh, guy because, you know, if they, again, I don't know anything about the, the police side of it. But I'm assuming that if they had a drug dog that are making a, a hit or a detection, they could probably seize the vehicle and... and you know, peak and pride themselves. But yeah. I mean, this thing will speedily take off the, the trim on your posts and, or I've skinned a door uh, in training events and stuff like that. You can stuff it down. You can actually, all you need to do is pop the clips. And then when you've take those retaining clips away, the door panels come off fairly easily. Yeah. So, I mean, just showing the narcotics officer that he's like, that's pretty slick. Yeah. So, especially, I mean, I watched a lot of border war, uh, wars. So oh, watching, yeah. watching these vehicles yeah. come across and the dog starts barking at it, you know, and then they're like, well, let's take this panel off. And it's like, wow, look at all the drugs that were yeah. in there. That's, you know, so that, yeah, that's, I, that's that's just, and even for the EMS people, I mean, you have the option key on there, but I mean, I know that it's a lot of times fire departments get called for forced entry to assist EMS into a residence. And yeah. it's a simple, through the lock method of, you know, doing, yeah, and it's minimal damage. And this would be something that they can have in. Cause I mean, if they get in there and that person's in cardiac arrest and they can shimmy that door open and now they're delivering care, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll still come help them out. But, right. um, it's I just, mean, uh, all around. It's, you know, it's another audience that we can really. Absolutely. I mean, it's nice to have both all, you know, all the services there to help out with, you know, yeah. EMS and fire and stuff, but like, be realistic. I mean, most of the country is fairly rural, rural. Mm-hmm. You might have a, um, a resident state trooper or you maybe have a, just an ambulance service and that fire department's quite a ways away. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, you could, you could pop some door locks or, or if you needed a tool for an oxygen or whatever, cutting surface, um, that you could also use this. I've also, um, experimented a couple times with, you know, EMS may end up taking some type of patient with, you know, you know, the nylon cuffs that the police use. Yeah. Typically, if you restrain somebody, the police officer goes with mm-hmm. the ambulance and stuff. But if you if you needed to remove those those nylon zips pretty quick too, this acts like a gaff. You can kind of get up in between it and pop. pop them. Let's say they're having a cardiac event or something like that. But yeah. there's a ton of ways to to use this. Um, even some feedback from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. One of the one of the instructors up at the academy, um, he comes up to do lab runs and stuff. He took the tools down south with him, and he was telling me that some of the guys, you know, the old style double hung windows have the old slide latch, like mm-hmm. the, the disc yeah. shaped, the UFO shaped saucer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he stuffed it up between the sashes, and he was able to tap it and turn the turn the lock so they could gain entry for windows. I thought that was pretty awesome. We were trying to duplicate that and stuff, and you can actually pop a couple of the double hung windows. I'm looking at our window over there in the studio, and I'm like, all right, let's give this a uh, try. That afterwards. one, I think, overhangs, but I mean, that and in an industrial setting, like, you know, um, a commercial setting, you have the large screens yeah. for the exterior windows. And a lot of the time that there's those removable pins only on the inside of the frame. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're trying to get into a building from the exterior. Uh, you can slide this underneath the screens and then turn the beak so you actually grab the bottom of the screen. You can actually pop and leverage it. You'll have a, a grab point for removing screens. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many... Um, text messages, you know, conversations I've had with people that have used it and they're telling me all different creative ways that they've used it. Because, I mean, let's be realistic, the department come up with some yeah. awesome 
awesome ways to make the job work. So, yeah, yeah. But I'm just happy. Like the the success stories make me smile because I mean, all I ever wanted to do was was bring something cool to the table and then to use it in my department to then pass it around to departments in the state through friends and then to find out like going across the country. Like in that was an aha moment. Uh, within three or four months, I had my first sale to California. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. I just went from east to west in three yeah. months. And then, yeah. um, you know, when they start popping up and I would really like to go through my software and put like little pin marks all over the country to find out where it is. You know, just a, it's a source of pride. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Um, Anchorage, Alaska, like just, I'm like, holy crap. Like it's, it's amazing to think that Connecticut to Alaska is just mind blowing. Right. Well, and it's also the idea that you had, you know, you came to you at work or something like that, and now it's, yeah, you know, it's really it's to yeah. coast to coast. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we'll, 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 we'll cut now here. We'll, we'll finish up and we'll start getting over some demonstrations and have you show us how Perfect. the tool works and everything else. But, uh, everybody, this is Glenn from Camera Tool, and we'll be back in a little bit. This is Rob, National Fire Radio. Catch you guys in a little bit.